Hello and welcome to the Beehive Jive. <laughs> we are a podcast from South London. Um, we're two beekeeping friends, Paul and Tracy. Um, we like to talk and share our adventures about beekeeping. Um, and today we are joined by our friend and fellow beekeeper, John Main, um, who is also from South London. Hello, John. Hello. Welcome. Th- well, thank you. And thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Paul, how are you? How are your bees? I'm all right. <laughs> Why are you giving me that look? <laughs> I'm just marvelling that we still can't get through an introduction. <laughs> no, I was doing really well then. You were. Have you I, I, I brought us down. You did bring us down. No, I'm doing very well. Uh, I, I think my bees are doing well. I haven't seen them for a couple of yeah, weeks, you don't need to look at them every week, do you? No, I was feeding them. It's the first time I've actually fed bees, really, properly. And uh, so I've been going through bags. Amazon delivers big bags of sugar, which is great. Oh, mobile phone. I'm not very good at this podcast, obviously. <laughs> it's uh, all right. Lesson number one. It's Switch all right. Just learn phone. from us, okay? We're so professional. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> That's a good ringtone, though. Oh, no, that was, it, was, it was one of those alerts from the, uh, the news, news sites. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's one of those alerts from the National Bee Unit. Asian Hornet found. <laughs> oh, too many of those. Too many of those, absolutely. Yes, I fed them, and I've got to go and take all the feeders off. And just, uh, I was going to do it this weekend, but I got waylaid. Why? Decorating. Dun, dun, dun. Um, yeah, so they're doing well. Mm. All treated twice. I've double treated them with the gun, with the bee cannon. Yeah, yeah. So they've all been supplemented, sublimated. That's a bit of faff though, because you have to do it three to four times, five days apart to catch the the whole brood rearing cycle. cycle. Yeah, but I simplified it by drilling a hole in the back of the floor. Yes, how did that work? Works brilliantly. Yeah, that's Although good. They propolis in. So I drill, I drill a eight millimeter hole. And they get eight millimeter wooden dowels and push them in the hole. And then the idea is you pull the dowel out. The um, sublimox has got like a little spout. The oxalic comes out. You put it through the hole. It saves me having to go around the front where they get annoyed. Yeah, and stand in all the vapor when it comes. Yeah, just, you still stand in all the vapor. <laughs> well, but I, I know like you can put a towel over the front. Yeah, I take. But I didn't do that. Oh, I, I had entrance blocks in actually. Yeah. But have you ever used one of those, um, it's called a sublimox, isn't it? I can't remember what it's called. The sublimators. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, not on my own bees. Uh, I, I helped out at the, the teaching apiary. Um, and I know that we uh, have attempted to sublimate a number of hives down there. But it's, it is a bit of a faff getting in there. Is that the one with the tray? The, yes. So the little tray. And then you get the scorch parts where you've actually put it too close to the bottom yeah. of the frames as well. And uh, it's just gone in there, and, just, and then you got. It took, I got really confused actually. Um, it takes when, a long time as well. Yeah, you, mm. you're sat there for five minutes with a massive, great big battery, trying to charge it up, and you're like, no, no. I still, I still got the battery, but I've now got a really long extension lead, so I didn't have to take the battery out of the car. That's a good idea. That, that really helps. When I borrowed it, I left it in the back of my car, the battery, yeah, and just took, yeah, took the actual sublimator done to my apiary so I was able to just go you know bang 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 um it is it is brilliant I think um I didn't realize how important the mask was <laughs> and yeah what despite everyone saying 
wear a bloody mask. Well, it, I kind of had it loosely around my face and then it was like, <laughs> holy hell, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm going to die here. <laughs> so, yes, it's really important so you, to wear that safety gear. The one I use is different to the plate that you put. Basically, uh, think of it as a cup. Mm-hmm. I'm showing you. This doesn't really work. <laughs> but think of it as an upside looks down. Looks great. Upside yeah. down. <laughs> and then you've got another like a container that you put put you you put in it, and the cup heats. So you, you hold the cup upside down. You you kind of wedge a container into the top. So now you've got the oxalic acid crystal separated from the hot plate, and then you turn it over, and the oxalic crystal drop onto the plate and instantly supplement. Oh. So what you get is a massive cloud of. So you don't have to. Not like tr- the trays where you have to wait from the heat up. Mm. Wait for ten minutes. Take it out. This thing you can do. I was doing. I did fourteen hives in fifteen minutes. Wow, that's mm. that is efficient. It's great. <laughs> it is. It is great. But I might try the new Oxybee. <laughs> just makes me laugh. The name of it um, to help beekeepers remember. Um, the, so that's a new oxalic acid trickle one. I might try that and see what that's like. See, I quite like opening my bees. I, it's a good excuse for me to open my bees and take a look. In the winter. Mm. Quick, Just quickly, yeah. but just to see how big the cluster is and mm. where they are and everything. I mean, I could do it without having to use, you know, oxalic acid trickle as an excuse, but to me it's just quite useful i like to just check you know where the stores are you like to mummy them yeah a little bit yeah honey is money don't forget so <laughs> that's the mantra in this house <laughs> so so you're done with your varroa yeah i've just got mm. i've just got to take the feeders off uh, and then just i'm gonna go through them all check for eggs see eggs happy um then I'm going to close them all up and they put luggage ratchet straps on all of them to keep, just in case they blow over. It's quite sheltered there. It's the polynukes. I've got four, six polynukes there. So I, I, I'm a bit paranoid about them blowing away. Mm-hmm. So I ratchet those down. And then what I do is I I, I use those luggage straps and I actually ratchet to the, to the hive base as well. <clears throat> so if the wind blows them away at that point, great <laughs> <laughs> it has to be a tornado yeah but at least yeah. they'll stay together yes. yeah yeah they'll go go down together <laughs> but, uh, they're usually okay if they you know like blow over if they're strapped yeah if they're, they're mm. the same one bit mm. that's it and I've, I've actually this year i've cleaned my apiaries all clean now it's got no no leftover nukes lying around empty bits of kit because I've learned that rats eat, like to eat winter kit left in fields. Because last year I went back and picked up my, my three or four polynukes and just rats are just eating through the, yeah. Yeah. Little bastards. They did some damage, didn't they? Yeah, I had to polyfill all the, all the nukes up. So now they're all home, safe and sound. Well, that's good. You're all very chilled about it. It's very relaxing. Yeah. It's, I guess it's, yeah, it is the relaxing time of year. Nearly time for the National Honey Show. That's my favourite thing. Um, I think you like fish finger sandwiches. I love, I like going to a pub for lunch on a weekday. <laughs> <laughs> and doing the National Honey Show. But we, we had our Croydon Honey Show yesterday, um, which neither of you entered anything into. 
Paul, your wife, did. It's nice that someone in the Taylor household holds up their <laughs> their bit of responsibility. Yeah. So you're so so ashamed that I don't enter uh, into the Croydon Honey Show, which is a, a five minute walk from my house. She did. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's probably not even five minutes. <laughs> and she did really well. Yeah, yeah, she, she won prizes two prizes for flapjacks. Yep, and. Um, some book thing she made. <laughs> pay a lot of attention, to be honest. It was like a lovely little kind of bee journal with like all, all kind of crafted with like hand, like hand. illustrated things. Yeah, and it was cool. She did hand printing. beautiful, so yeah. She made the print things and did, made the block prints. And mm. She's much more artistic than I am. I'm, yeah, she's... I'm an artistic as a house brick. <laughs> a 1930s house brick. <laughs> Even worse. So how many prizes did you win? I'm not going to talk about it because because oh, <laughs> you just want to use it for cheap laughs. That's all. I have to say it now. Okay, so I won. <laughs> I won a third for my honey. Now, before you say anything, a third is a third. Yeah, yeah. Go on then. <laughs> how many people? Ed- <laughs> how many? How many people entered that 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 class of uh, things? There were two people in the. class. In the class, two, two, was it? Yeah. Who was the other yeah. person? Anthony. All right. Yeah. So what did he get? He didn't get. I don't believe he got anything. Right. And so I got a third. So two, so two in the class. UK third. <laughs> did you drop the honey on the way in? No, I, it was it was really really good. Well, I thought it was really good, but then he said it had some bubbles around the rim like you know when you take the lid off right it's all got to be you know perfectly smooth no bubbles and there were a few bubbles um and i can't blame anyone for it because i did it all and carried it in and all that kind of stuff so um this is why i don't enter things into the honey show because you got a serial you got like a serial killer obsession with being it is it's forensic it absolutely is it's obsessive but see, I, I enjoy that. And I think, you know, you've worked hard to, to get that honey. So why not, like, learn how to present it in its ultimate pristine form if you can. But, um, yes, and, and I got a third in the flapjacks. <laughs> so your wife got second. Yeah. I got third. Yeah. It's good, actually. That's first, cool. First time she'd ever done flapjacks. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the first time you did them. Yeah, it? yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, we're going to go into business making flapjacks now. That would be a good one. No, stay away. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was the honey show. So, so, what's your excuse for not putting stuff in the honey show? I'm saving it up for when I can kind of win every category at the same yeah. time. Okay? So, I might not ever enter. But there we go. Um, no, I think it's to your point about the bubbles. Mm. <clears throat> not that I'm scared of bubbles or anything, but um, it's bubble phobic. <laughs> I don't know what you're actually meant to submit, and I've got, I've, I haven't got a Scooby. I really haven't. So it, I know if I tried hard, I could probably Google it and find out what you need to do and, and what, how it's judged, and therefore what you look for. But certainly when you're starting out, I'm more focused on looking after the bees rather than yeah. trying to get a, a, a cheap merit. Well, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's very valuable. That's, that sounds awful. That actually, everyone that puts effort in, it's very good that you do get them. And I will be submitting in the future. But at the moment, yeah. I need to just get my baseline sorted before sure. I step up to the next to the mark and uh, put it out there. 
because I, I, I don't think I could um, handle rejection, to be honest, if they didn't like it. I think it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's my own insecurities that are stopping it. But see, the thing is, it's not something I ever thought I would get into because I kind of always thought, well, I'll, I'm doing it my way, you know. Um, and then I did it a couple of years just to kind of take part because I've got this real Croydon loyalty and I think, oh, you know, there are a lot of other beekeepers associations that have a lot more people and money and everything than us. Like, I kind of wanted to do what I could to support my local. And then, I don't know, you just kind of, I just kind of got into it. I think I won once on something and then it's like, right, that's it. Mm. Yeah, I, I really think you would enjoy it. Oh, I- And there are so many things to choose from. You both would. Don't point at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think I would, actually. And one of the categories I, I was considering entering this year and then time just disappeared on me was um, with, there's a category for best label. Um, and <laughs> this goes to show how my baseline has not been focused. My honey that I got from my first year is still in unlabeled jars because I haven't got around to designing the label that I want. Um, and so... How many jars have you got? Sitting around. Uh, it's not a, an inordinate amount. Um, I think I've got around about 40 jars, so it's not huge. It's enough. It's, yeah. it's enough mm. that it, I can get, it can pay for the next set of kit that I'm going to purchase mm. at the honey show. But, um, and I've got pressure from my other half saying, everyone at work wants to buy the honey. And I said, I can't sell it until we've put a label on. And he went, can you just get basic one? I was like, no, because it's our honey. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to look good. I've got a brand name sorted. I That's just want to get this done. I said, we need to do a photo shoot for the back. And I was like, all the rest of it. So until that happens, <laughs> we want to get these labels sorted. And I, I'm getting in trouble for it. So I need to sort well, that out. And then, got... and then I'll enter them next year. Well, at least you've got honey to give to people for Christmas. Uh, last year's presents were brilliant. Yeah. No honey this year, though. Unfortunately, really, mm, it was a dry year for me. I didn't get, I didn't even have one super to extract. Um, my focus, well, I, I multiplied the number of colonies that I've got, and it was obviously a really dry summer with the heat that we had down here. Yeah, and I think combined, um, it is, it, it, well, it wasn't really a profitable year from a honey perspective and honey's money um but uh to coin your phrase the um no it was it was was good um and i've got a lot more colonies that are healthy now um hopefully i can get them through winter and then i'm in a good position for next year um there's a few things i need to do better and differently but also i mean i have them in a a site that I've, I've never had them last year so I don't really know what the local forage is and it might be quite a just poor area generally are they still <clears throat> excuse me are they still on the allotment yes so um I was very fortunate to um the allotment where where I have a, a plot they um have just had a grant to build a wildlife trail through a copse of woods and they one of those is one of that section um on that wildlife trail they wanted to have um bees for people to have a look at and also i needed a place to to keep them because i didn't have enough space in the back of my back garden so i was like mm. take that on and nice. uh, got very excited about creating my own little um space in the woods well, i'll say woods it's about seven trees and um <laughs> it was but it was great and I've got chip bark and laid it out and managed to get myself a little bee shed on on the site um just because i'm about the aesthetics it's, 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 I can tell. <laughs> as I said, still it's haven't got this label. I know, There's but it, I feel like it needs to look pretty. 
as well as be functional. Yeah. Um, and rather than have a site that's just overgrown with thistles um, or actually brambles, there's loads of brambles where we are. Um, so I had to cut that back and easy. I don't, I don't want my suit to be snagging when I'm kind of looking at the at the hive. So made that look very pretty and um, it's a great talking point for all the people in the allotment as well because everyone just comes up and says, oh, you're the beekeeper. I was like, yeah, that's right. Um, and You're the Chuck Norris of the allotment. <laughs> yeah, everyone seems to, they don't know my name, but they just call me Mr. B. Um <laughs> <laughs> or probably a few other things that's starting with B behind my name but the um yeah it's a it's it's an enjoyable thing and it, it opens the doors as well because when I was looking for an allotment site some some allotments just uh their management team just won't allow bees on uh, or livestock mm. on on there so I had to rule those out and um and then as I said this one said yes we they used to have a beekeeper on there um but Fortunately for me, I think they had had them um, in um, on their on their plot. They were gone, so I don't have competition for forage. Um, and it may be that they stopped putting their bees on there because there was no forage, which I'll learn this year or next year, hopefully. And um, yeah, so I'm now kind of name on the door. Nice. Any issues? If you see a big swarm, come tell me, and I'll start crying that I've lost my bees. But um, so far. You might be happy to want someone else's bees. Yeah, actually. Free free bees. I've built a specific um, swarm bait hive. Um, Yeah, so uh, my woodwork skills are not great, um, but I've been learning. Since I've become a beekeeper, I've I've done more with woodwork than I've ever done in my life. (laughs) I've created stands, as I said, they all uniform and look pretty, um, out of pallet wood. And then I also just started cutting up and making... Because I'm on 14 by 12s. Right. So um, I wanted to try and get around about 40 litres space-wise, um, So which is six and a bit frames on a, on a 14 by 12. Um, so it's just larger than a standard nuke um, out of wood and box that up. And uh, <laughs> I managed to procure through FreeCycle um, a massive post about three and a half metres. So I was like, perfect. <clears throat> Dig a hole in stick that in and so I've got a, a post of about two and a half metres high <laughs> and I've got this box that I've now created so I've, <laughs> it took me ages to think about this but I've created a, um, a latch system for the bottom of the box so I put um, uh, a, a flat piece of wood on top of this post and then my bait box slides onto and then latches onto this wood so I can take it off and on so it's up at the height that they're going to go for it's the right size wow and then once hopefully the, any bees go in there, I can unlatch it and then just take it down. And it's, it's basically all on frame, so I can then move them into a poly nuke or into a hive or something. So I'm quite well, excited. Well, that sounds great. Mm. So that was, that was my little project. Really <laughs> what, what is it about people with a lot of <coughs> and pallet wood? Oh, it's like an addiction. It's, I, I say yes, it is. <laughs> um, and <coughs> I managed to um, speak to some very nice people who were getting rid of some pallets. And um, I spent ages breaking out. And uh, one of the other allotment, uh, allotment, allotmenteers, people on the allotments, um, came over and went, oh, you don't want to be doing it like that. I was like, really? I was struggling with a, with a crowbar. And um, I went, no, you need this. So he walked back to his allotment, went into his shed and came back with a, a massive iron bar. He <clears throat> went, whilst you're using that crowbar, put that other iron bar in here and leave and that little bit of extra leverage 
were pulling on the long iron bar whilst you're crowbarring, pop, 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 you cleared the, the wood off without breaking anything and it's so much quicker. We're like, brilliant. So all the, because again, on the aesthetics, I've, I've turned this field of um, long overgrown grass and weeds into nice paths and um, beds that I've raised with all this pallet wood and built it out. So I'm very happy with the way it looks. It grew nothing, but it looks great. But for those who don't know what allotment is, it's a, it's a shared, it's basically a field cut up into plots where people can go and grow stuff and uh, break up pallets and do amazing things with it. <laughs> I think anything free, mm. is, everyone loves a free thing, an allotment. And there's a lot of sharing mm. goes on with um, seeds from this. And I've, I've got a, a lovely lady called Gwen um, on our allotment and she, she says something, she's like, oh, I said, like, oh, you've got a lovely strip of lavender down the side of her, her allotment plot. And she's like, oh, yeah. She went, do you want some? I was like, yeah, I'm sure. So she took a whole load of cuttings for me. Put, and she said, have you got some pots? Pop them in there. And I've now got 40 lavender plants. I kind of 20 I took over from last year. And she gave me an extra 20 cuttings this year, all in pots ready to go in. Nice. Which I'll probably surround. That's amazing. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's nothing compared to your lavender field. But it's... <laughs> well... I wish it was mine, but it's not. <laughs> There's probably fewer vegans on your allotment than are on Tracy's lavender field. Mm. Yep. Um, I won't go there. Um, so they are the best, I, I believe, apart from borage. Lavender, I think, is the best thing you can plant. Although, I'll say briefly, you were saying you didn't have such a good year in terms of honey. Mm. Me neither. It was not good for me. It's probably the worst I've had since I've been on the lavender field in six years um, because it was just so dry. All the nectar flow just dried up first week in July. So everyone's just got quite a f- – it's interesting. You've got half beekeepers kind of saying, oh, it was the best year ever. I had such a great harvest. And the rest of us thinking, no, what did we do wrong? It was good for increase. I mean, you were saying, it was mm, good for increase, you, you yeah. Got, you got a lot more hives than you started off with now. Yeah, I went from two to five this year. Yeah. And um, I mean, last year, I, was, I wasn't expecting to get much at all. And as I said, I've got 40, 50 jars. Um, but I was, I was happy. I've got strong colonies. Um, so 14 by 12, and it's wall-to-wall bees. Nice. Um, I put supers on, but I just didn't get them to... They didn't come up to it. They just yeah. decided not to. And they've, they've packed out um, the frames that they've got in, in the main hive. Admittedly, I haven't been through... We've got a lot of ivy in obviously in, in this area yeah. and that's just come into flow um recently and um i'm in the process of i'm a bit late on my treatment i'm doing an apigard treatment so i'm in just finished week three or four <clears throat> so during that whole process because i've also had a um, been away on holiday a little bit um i haven't gone into and had a look through the bee so i'll be doing in a similar way to you, just kind of that final inspection when I take that happy guard off yeah. next week or next week. I think next weekend's been not That's great weather. That's a good thing. If they're, if they're treated and you've got a big cluster going in, you're really good position in spring because mm. the bigger the winter cluster coming out of the spring, the more resources they've got to make more bees. So, I mean, get your supers on early. I think what Tracy taught me, because I can never work out why Tracy's getting sort of hundreds and hundreds of jars of honey until she said oh it's because i've got loads and loads of drawn supers so when you you put your supers on a hive that's the, all they've got to do is make honey mm. and i'm awful at keeping drawn comb over winter although i'm fro- it's all in the freezer at the moment 
Yeah, well, that's a good way of killing any wax moth. Yeah. Because I, I don't have a big enough freezer, so I've just done mine with... Uh, it's a product called... I think it's called Sertan. You know, it's like a biological... Is, weapon I, I, again you, you you mix it with water and spray it on the frames i i had i did that last year well i, I didn't have many i had basically a super full of frames because i had a i took when i started out i took on hides from a beekeeper that was uh, retiring and so I oh didn't that's really, right so i, I didn't, forgot that yeah so i didn't really know how long some of that the the frames had been there so i'm like right okay i want to change everything clear it out and i at least and i know what we're going so there were some supers with uh, drawn comb and i was like right okay i'm gonna melt this down clear it out steam it off and so i only had one set of kind of comb that i was able to look after treat it and then i used that and i've built that up again this year so yeah. i've got more mm. i think i've got i had loads of uh, i had loads of wax this year Loads and loads of it. I've got about 10 kilos of it, which I was looking forward to keeping. But someone not too far from here has taught my wife how to make candles. <laughs> Thanks, Grace. That's all right. That's it now. It's all gone. She's going to use all of that. Yeah. That, I mean, that is another really cool Christmas present, isn't it? Candles. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. From your own beeswax. Yeah. I was really impressed, actually. I wanted to keep it. With that wax. Not my wax. <laughs> yeah. I've liked your honey this year. I've also liked your beeswax. I thought it was really, really good, and it just melted really well, and there was it wasn't sticky. Often you get you know bits of honey in it. No, no, no. I filtered Keep it. Up the good way. You told me to filter it, so I filtered it through uh, coffee filters. Oh yeah, yeah. Kay was saying yeah. Yeah, so I, I filtered it through a sieve, let it dry, let it set. Then I melt it again and filter it through a sieve with coffee filters and that. And that takes out most of the crap. Hmm. Did you have to keep that warm while you're doing it? No, you, you just pour it molten straight through. And it'll run straight through. Pretty much all of it. You get a little bit at the end of sets. And I, I do the coffee filter, I just screwed them up and use them in a smoker. Although the first time I did it, I didn't realise how well they burned. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Yes. Yeah. I've done that. I've used, you know, rags that I've used to polish well, you know when you blow torching stuff i might have a duster or something that i use to kind of polish and when they get really really clogged with wax i used one to start a fire pit once and nearly burnt the house down <laughs> yeah. they're really good yeah and I, I just pour them into those little wax block things beeswax blocks and i have a little wooden sort of bowl i keep in my bee shed and i just like the fact i've got this wax mm. but now i don't have it well, there'll be more where that came from, won't there? So? <laughs> You'll have another good... Oh, well, who knows what next year's going to be like, but... It's going to be great. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> Isn't it? So how long have you been keeping bees? Because I met you when you came on the basic, the basic exam course. Yes. Same year as yeah, you did same. yours. And in fact, you both had the same examiner. We did, and we had amazing mm. weather for it. That's right. <laughs> it was like the best day of the year, it was wasn't it? The best it? day of the year for ducks, yes. I think, or fish. Um, for marine life, <laughs> yeah. It was horrendous. It was a, a, I'm surprised the, the weather didn't have a name to it. It was, it was kind of like a storm. Um, yeah, it was really wet. Really, it was, really wet. It was, yeah. And not the it best was pouring, conditions. wasn't it? <laughs> 
Um, I'm in my third year of beekeeping. Um, right, that's right. And it's, yeah, so we met for, which was a, a very good course. Thank you very much for revision. Um, yeah. Uh, snaps for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it was very good. And if anyone is keen to do um, the basic assessment and they are in South London, seek out Tracy. She uh, does great revision. The, um, the, it was, it was an interesting experience as I going through all of that. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I, I, how, yeah, I, I was lucky enough to start the day, I think when, um, with that examiner, when it was proper, because it wasn't you, just showers it no. was pouring rain and yeah. remember the gazebo that we put up outside of the beekeeping hut it actually fell down because there was too much we couldn't keep the water off it it tipped it over mm. so i i was really surprised i went ahead with the exams under those conditions but well i've i've, I've heard that it's come rain or shine they will do it which is very yeah. nice and but I, ultimately there was, we had this massive golf umbrella when we were um, examining the hive to to keep that one and my back was soaked because the rain was pouring off the umbrella and down to that and uh <laughs> the, the examiner said to me he's like oh are you are you all right and then i was like i'm fine just keep over the bees and i i think he was happy for that response that I, I cared more about the bees than, than than getting my buttocks wet, and um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, I, I think that put me in good stead. Um, apart from when I had an argument with him, but that was fine. <laughs> yeah, he was very. Uh, I, I, I liked him. I just, he, he made oh. me laugh. Yeah. I, he, he asked me a question about varroa, and I said, "Well, you could do this, and you could do that." He goes. I don't care what you could do. What would you do? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> now I, I liked him. It's very um, clear what he wanted. Yeah. yeah. He was, he, we sat down and under the gazebo and we're doing some of the, the questions and he's like, okay, so um, what's, uh, what's in flower at the moment? What, what would the, the bees be foraging on um, last month? And I'm like, uh, uh, um, and that's when I went, I'm sorry, but I'm a beekeeper, not a botanist. I don't know all of the, um, everything that's in flower every month and it was just oh but you need to know this and I was like yeah actually I do so um I went off and learned I, st- I still don't know all of it but I, I started to learn at least I just said trees that's my default answer. <laughs> trees. that is he wanted, he wanted well specific. that's the best thing for them that yeah plants trees yeah, plants. <laughs> but since being a beekeeper I've learned more about plants than it's, it, they, they come hand in hand they really do yeah. and it's it's important to know as I said uh, uh, um ivy at certain times of year and what and if you i'm obsessed by ivy now every time i walk past i look at it as if it's flowering it's weird yeah it's not well that i think shows that you're in tune with your bees you understand what they need at this time of year to go into winter with nice big clusters and you know like you were saying and that ivy outside that window there i've been going up to it and checking and there's one in my apiary at the lavender field um, they're all over it. I mean, it is, it's really, really important. And even though I don't like ivy honey, cause I think it messes up my comb in some ways. Um, it's good to see them bringing in loads and loads of pollen. So, mm. I mean, I do that. I, I completely agree with you. I had no idea what some trees were called, for example. And now I do. <laughs> it's nice to learn. No, everyone talks about lime trees and I just, I thought we, I didn't think we had them in this country because we didn't have the weather for it. But then I realised that not all lime trees produce lime fruits yes. that I, I have with my um, G and T. So I um, 
Yeah, so that that was an eye opener for me, and I've I've now started to spot things as I'm driving along and go, oh, okay, I recognise that. That's 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 a hawthorn, and that's a lime, and yeah. So it, I, they do go hand in hand, and I'm, I was I was glad for the um, the rap knuckles during the uh, basic assessment. But I think that was actually what the basic assessment's really there for. It's it's not to try and trip people up. It's to kind of go, look, do you have a, a, an understanding? And I think the the examiners are very much on your side to encourage you to give the right answers and to get what you need to show that you do have an understanding and that you do care for these amazing animals that we all look after. Mm. You got you got top marks as well. I was going to say you both. Yeah, all right, all right. You both. Well, you both did. <laughs> you both. You both did from that examiner on that day. So. In those conditions, you, I, I, you I must have done something yeah. major, right? So I just think you like the fact that when I opened the hive, so I, the training hive I was on had a brew box and a super and a, and a lid, and I thought, oh, okay, they've got a super on. No, it was empty super, and they built comb, about three or four combs from the top of the roof. So I've lifted it up like that, and I can see, oh, there's comb. I said, well, there's comb under here, and he went, oh, do you want to? Should we change? Hives. I said, no, it'd be all right. I picked it up and I turned it over very carefully and laid it down. All the comb was intact. I think he was just impressed that I could. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd had practice doing that because I'd done the same on my, on my <laughs> Ooh, all wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I really enjoyed the base. I think anyone in the UK uses it, got to do it. Mm. That's where I think. Um, I agree. Forrest Gump made a mistake. Life isn't like a box of chocolates, it's, it's like a beehive. You never know what you're going to get when you open it. <laughs> <laughs> Stung. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So that was good. So what's your, what do you think your, uh, have you got top tips now? Have you kind of crystallised some, some top, top tips? That's top tips. Question. Well, that, how long is this podcast meant to go on for? <laughs> no, the, um, I think if, for starting out, so I, I suppose to, to kind of give me a, a little bit of, um, area for top tips, um, one of the big pieces of equipment that no one ever tells you that you need when you're beekeeping is space. Mm. Um, where are you going to store everything? And, and it's great to have the hives, but then suddenly you've got spares and you've got the extra super and then you've got the frames and you need to make the frames. And, and I think so one of the things that you should probably always add if you're looking at starting out beekeeping and you're, and you're thinking of an equipment list, add a shed to it because you need to have that space in, mm, in some regards. True. And that is, I, I mean, luckily I've got quite nice neighbours because I've, I've got piles of um, uh, boxes with up the side of my house at the moment. I'm like, oh, I need to move those up to the apiary and make a new little space for that. But I think space is, is actually a, a, is a key one and, and managing it well mm. and keeping things clean. Um, gosh. Uh, I think that's such a good one. Oh, thanks. John, I think that is such... <laughs> everything that you just said then is so important. And, you know, even if you buy polynukes and use those instead of a spare complete hive for every hive, you've, you've got to have somewhere to keep all of these things. And, in fact, this room that we're sitting in now, up until last week, had piles of frames and, you know, wax that I'd just, you know, wax cappings and what have you. And, I mean, it took you know, a good day to sort out this room which had accumulated beekeeping stuff just from this season. And I think if you want to stay married, <laughs> you have to really think about this stuff. 
Have you got a bee shed now, though? I have got a bee shed, yeah. What would you call it? The Honey Shack. The Honey Shack. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. That sounds like one of those establishments in Nevada. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Maybe that's, that's something else. Um, can I borrow that? I might. I, I need to probably name the shed that I've got. Um, of course you can. Okay. Not yeah. trademarked just yet. <laughs> no. No, but I think that is really it's so important to realise. It's like people who have a roof terrace and they want to put a beehive on it. And you just think, where are you going to keep well, my, everything? My ignorance, that's something that I, I, I wanted to do years ago. So I got into um, beekeeping. Um, I've been fascinated by bees since I was a kid. So I was lucky enough to go to a number of like summer fates where you had the marquee and they'd blocked out a section with a, um, a mesh wall and they had a couple of beehives on one side and you saw people in suits walking through and a few observation hives and I got I was mesmerised and year year after year I'd go in for a couple of hours and it's kind of like wow my parents would lose me and I would always be found in the bee tent and um, so it's always been something that's that has fascinated me and my other half uh, my birthday a few years ago the best present ever was an introduction to beekeeping course it was a one day thing um, out the blue um, and that and I went on it and it was a great setup, lots of theory. And I remember just writing notes. I was like, wow, there's 60,000 bees in a hive. I never realised that. And I came home and I went, right, um, we're keeping bees. Cool. <laughs> and it was, it was a, right, okay, this is great. We can, we can do this. Um, and then started looking into it, contacted the um, local association, which we're all members of, mm-hmm. and... Um, found out about like going down to the teaching apiary and finding and learning with everyone there and opening a hive looking at things and uh, the first thing i wanted to do <laughs> and um it, everyone thought it was quite odd but i went can i be stung please and they're like what and I, went, <laughs> I want to get stung and it's like why do you want to get stung i went because i've looked at how much it all costs and if i'm allergic i don't want to spend it beforehand i need to check that i'm I'm not massively allergic to to bees because it is it well, can be really an investment yeah and um and then i did get stung and it was fine and and touch wood i because I, I react really badly to mosquitoes and which are very different to bee stings and um yeah so um bees i'm I'm, I'm I'm good with a sting, thankfully, because uh, they do sting occasionally. Uh, so that was that was kind of my um, thing. But sorry, you were talking about roof terrace, and I digress. The I went to a show where I lived previously, and it was a mid floor terrace. I um, lived in another part of South London, mid floor terrace, um, and the neighbour below had built an extension so I had a flat roof out of one of my windows at the back and you could climb out onto it occasionally and do a bit of sunbathing and it was probably three metres square and I was like I'll get a hive on that, I'll do that so and there was a, another county show and I went and spoke to the the association then, it was a very different one and I said oh, I want to get involved and she went forage, you need to go and produce forage <laughs> there are lots of beekeepers around here so we, need, we just need um, more flowers please so I was like okay but I, I'm glad she said that because if I tried to put a beehive on, the, on top of this flat roof that was three metres by three metres well, and I had to carry everything through a window yeah. Yeah. it would have gone drastically wrong mm. it, <laughs> yes uh... imagine swarms yeah. in that scenario which when you're learning you, you have numerous swarms every season just saying <laughs> that's a really good point about apiary sites so the, the, having to carry stuff 
uh, to it because I keep mine on a farm and uh, when I first went there because I didn't want to be in any trouble I just, I just, he said oh well he's got these two lakes on the, on the other side of the farm and I said oh, I'll keep it on the lakes it'd be nice it's a really nice location uh, they like to carry everything over like, two fields it, and in the end it just becomes exhausted so that was quite a long it was a long walk walk yeah, yeah. and it's really heavy as well i did drive over there once but when i came back to find the cows <laughs> licked the wing mirror off my car <laughs> uh, <laughs> <some nose. laughs> they are nosy cows demolished they? my car so um i thought i would drive over there again it was um a beautiful spot yeah it's lovely really gorgeous but now I'm now I'm yeah I'm, I'm a little paddock next to the farmyard, so I can drive right up to the gate. Yeah, because what I do is at the beginning of the season, I move all the equipment I think I'm going to need onto site, so I stack it all up. So if I want a nuke, I've got it. If I want a spare box, I've got it. Um, and then this time of year, I'll bring it all back. So that's my kind of mm. routine, really, because there's nothing worse than I think the other sort of cardinal's going to beekeeping is running out of equipment. Mm. There's nothing worse than saying, right, I need to do a split or shit, I haven't got a nuke. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing about having an out apiary. It's so... Did you have bees in your garden? Yes, so that's, that's then, where I started. Right. And um, that was great because everything was on hand. You have it there and then suddenly, if you if you have bees in more than one place, you've got to kind of think, well, actually, have I packed everything and, and driven it there? Mm. Or, oh, you get there. And so the other day... I went to the out apiary, I was putting on, it was a, kind of a bit of a rush job, I needed to put the, the appy guards on. got then and realised that I, I'd forgotten to bring the hive tool and I hadn't oh, left one yeah. in, the, in, the, in the honey shack at the, at the uh, <laughs> my, my, my newly named honey shack, um, which, which is a learning, make sure you, I, I will. But uh, I was like, okay, I now need to, and my bees have been quite properistic. Propolistic. Propolistic. That is a new word, but a good one. Yeah, there we go. Um, they've been producing a lot of propolis. So one of the hives particularly has been really sticky and um, opening. Oh, oh gosh, how am I going to kind of rip that up to get in? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I went searching for whatever I could find in my car that I could kind of jimmy in to open it. And I think, yeah, so having to... Yeah. It's always that back of mind, have I got everything I need? And if you forget your smoker, you're stuffed. There's not really anything... You know, if you have to open a hive, I I sometimes think, oh, I won't like my smoker. I'll just, you know, quickly open this one and put some Apigard in or whatever. Um, and I always regret it when I say that, because even though everyone knows my bees have a lovely temper and they're very relaxing to work with. Well, anyone who's never met your bees. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with my bees. Um, no, I, I think you've got to... <laughs> Shut up, Bob. Um, I'm never going to live that down, am I? I don't know how they've been, they've been, yeah, condemned. Slandered. Slandered. My bees have been slandered. Well, not really. I've met them. Well, (laughs) well, I, I, (laughs) I have to say I've got one up on the Thames Water Place. They are, they're vile. They are absolutely the worst bees I've ever had. I bet they make a lot of honey, don't they, Tracy? They make a load of honey. So you're keeping them. Yeah, she's breeding from that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll have to requeen them. I can't. Like, I actually can't work with them. Is, do you have have the temperament changed 
to get like that because yes. I, I've had a, I've had one hive that's all of my bees. I've been very fortunate. I had single. I don't know. I hit my head. The um, uh, quite a good temperament. Very nice. Quite mellow. And, and probably another reason why I get no honey. But um, one one of the new colonies that I produced this year started off like that, and then suddenly they've become a little bit more grouchy and uh, yeah. will follow as well which i'm not happy about i don't like following bees that's mm. my only no i can live with most things with bees i cannot live with following bees they just mm. annoy me intently because they follow you for a long way as well yeah. so these ones don't follow really but they they're trying to kill you when you you know when you go in there and they they made so much lime honey it was just an absolute... And they've never stung... They're on a work site, on an industrial site. Well, you know, you've been mm. there. They, um, yeah, they never... No one's ever got stung. So, but I cannot work... I can't work them at all. I, you know, if I need to get into the um, brood nest, I had to get in to put some apivar in. And, yeah, I was... Even I was swearing at them by the end. I just... And, you know, I had to, I had to put two, two gloves on each hand to you know try to minimize i got i just got stung everywhere you know the, you know some bees will sting you on your hands and you kind of think okay well fair enough if you get one in your glove every now and then yeah. these stung me wherever the hell they could get on me in my my arms between my knees um yeah it was like really really painful and upsetting so actually i was going to ask both of you if you would help me move them back to the no. <laughs> to the so apiary. We're, we're kind of on the spot now, really. If we say no, what my two favourite beekeepers. <laughs> sure. You've waited until we got we recording. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm being honest with you and saying they're really vile. Yeah. Are you yeah. going to supervise from the car once we do this <laughs> <laughs> with the windows? This shut. is where I wish I had my truck that I used to have because you could just shut them in the back. She can do it over FaceTime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Left a bit, not that one. <laughs> I might ask Mark just for the fun value of it mark mm. yeah. mark who never puts his bee suit on and i warn him and say please put your bee suit on um when you're releasing them after mm. they've been moved because they've been shaken around yeah. well actually and that on the on the moving thing and that nasty hive i was talking about i um <clears throat> when i was putting on this treatment quite quickly and it was the same time i didn't have my um, hive tool i also i must have just been not in the right headspace to be going in putting these on because I had my veil, I had my everything else. I don't wear a full suit. I wear a, a kind of a, a, a smock with a hood. And um, But normally I wear wellies, so that's a great oh, tip yeah. as well. Oh, okay. But I wasn't this mm. day. And they went straight for my ankles, this nasty hive, and they're like, bam, bam, and I'm like, I need to get this done. And then because there were a couple of stings, the pheromone had gone, the attack pheromone, and they came out in force. And I didn't have my smoker because I was being quick. Right. Again, not thinking mm. um, smartly about this. And luckily, I, when I started beekeeping, I was a little bit heavier. And so I've lost a bit of weight recently. And But my, bee, my, my jacket is still that larger size. And I must be so thankful for that now because I looked down when I walked away from that hive with all the followers. And it looked like a pincushion across my belly. And I was, there must have been 20, 30 stings in the front of oh, wow. this thing. And I was like, this is ridiculous, this is ridiculous. But thankfully, it, nothing got through and it was quite a baggy, thick mm. um, jacket. But there's, there's, I think the equipment and just watching out for things. So welly is another thing. Yes. Yeah. 
I just, I don't I, know what makes bees go bad. Sorry. No, I can't. No, I just, I don't know why they go bad like that. Because they're, they're a little feisty at the beginning of the season. And, I mean, they're out and out killers now. I mean, they're just horrible. They're horrible. So, anyway, that queen's going next spring. After the honey harvest. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that well-known spring honey harvest. Hey, you got you got spring honey. I get, I, yeah, got quite a lot. A lot more than my summer harvest, <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. It was wet spring, wasn't it? Mm. So we, we had an email. We had a question. Mark asked us a question. So Mark said he's been keeping bees for three years. And he wants to know uh, how to spot a queen because it's really difficult. Personally, I find spotting a queen really easy. Other people's queens, I can't find mine for love or money, but when I go see someone else's apron, like, there's a queen, there's a queen, there's a queen. Mm. So how do you spot queens, Tracy? Because um, you're good at it. Okay, so obviously unmarked queens yes. we're talking about. So how I do it is I kind of, I almost focus out from the frame and then, you know, people say start in the middle and, you know, work around in, in, in a spiral. And because she's usually on the comb somewhere, but it's what catches my eye is that she moves in a different way to the other bees. Yeah, quite She's got those long legs. She's, she's slightly higher than the other bees. And she, she moves in a much more, I don't know, she kind of skittles across, I don't know what the word, no, scuttle, scuttles across the comb with those long she legs. Moves. She moves. That's even better. I mean, was she strictly? Have you? <laughs> I have too. It's on tonight. Woo. Um, so yeah, that's how that's how I would do it. Um, I, I agree with the, the kind of anti. I, I was trying to think of the name of it, but back in the eighties or nineties, I think called Magic Eye Photos or, or, oh, yeah, or remember, posters yeah. that you could get, and you had to kind of go cross-eyed and kind of just to, to not focus on it, and then suddenly you see a movement that's slightly different, and that's what I was going to say. The advice that I got given once, which I don't find them in the middle. I normally find her towards the end. And it's if you've got, if you are struggling to find a queen um, and you are, you've gone into, I mean, you've taken maybe a, an end frame out, put it to a side, then the, fr- the spaces that you can do in the middle is keep two frames together and then exp- uh, and then a little gap, a wider gap than the normal space, and then another two, and then another two. So you've 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 done that, and then look at one frame, and immediately look at the reverse side, so the one that's been closer into the middle, because she doesn't necessarily like the brighter space, so mm. we'll be into a, a darker corner. So take it out, look around the the reverse side, and look around the edges, and work into the middle with your cross-eyed unfocusedness, yeah. um, and that seems to work for mm. me when, but. I must admit, I had, I had one colony. Actually, it was I say colony. It was only, it was only a nuke. It took me about three, two and a half months of inspections before I spotted her. <laughs> and I, so I had, I had a, a, a queen cage and a pen in my pocket pretty much all summer. And um, it was only about a month ago that I, 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 I spotted her um, and then marked her. But, uh, yeah, it was one of those. It was like, I've got a phantom queen in here. I know there's one in here because yeah. of yeah. my eggs, but I just cannot spot her. And I think the thing is, when you find a marker... Mm. Um, straight away unless she's unmated because if you mark her before she mates it just gives a nice little bright signal for a bird to catch her all right i don't i don't mark them until the, i've got cat, cat brood yeah absolutely i've marked them early before and they disappeared i don't know if that's my marking or whatever that's a good point so, yeah but you also i i think when you when you are marking as well you want you want a nice 
fat juicy queen rather than a, a, a young virgin yeah. or, or someone that, yeah. that hasn't really started developing the eggs because um, you just feel that I don't know you know, they're really fast yeah they yeah. are much faster I, I, the first time I did it she came on to me and was calling all over my hand on the back of it I'm like oh, what do I do I don't want to and I need to get her back yeah. in and then I dropped her oh god um, <laughs> managed to find her and then get back into the hive because I was like oh god I just started out here and I, mar- I marked one this year and she took flight oh there we go she flew up in like a spiral and then she landed straight back down in front of frame I was like Whew. <laughs> that was lucky because <laughs> I've, I've done it before yeah. I've, they've flown off you know I've I've dropped one and she didn't. I couldn't find her. They never come back. Mm. Well, some people say usually they're gone when you. But if I'm looking for a queen in a hive, one of the things I don't do is I don't smoke. And I kind of like you were saying, I kind of break. I take a frame, the nearest frame out, and then I put a break in the brood where the brood nest is starting, and mm. I just inspect the brood nest because that's where she's probably going to be. But not smoking is good because doesn't drive but I've gone I mean I just did a split this year with one of the queens I used for breeding I couldn't find her on any frames I put all the frames in a nuke I didn't have to get the boxes out and I'm looking in the boxes and she's just on the side of the box I could just see her moving inside it was just a real took me about an hour to find her but I think yeah I think not if you want to find the queen disturbing the hive with lots of smoke and bashing it is Mm. Because they, they run away, they can hide somewhere. Mm. Yeah, but I don't really look for queens anymore. I look for eggs, and if I see the queen, like a marker, clipper. Yeah, it's the eggs I care about. If I see eggs, I'm happy. Because mm. I don't need to see. I all I need to see is the result of her work. Yeah, unless I want to. Have either of you done the um, the the filtering method to find a queen? I think it's kind of a last resort through the yeah queen exclusion. Yeah, I've yeah. Done that. that 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 would. Takes yeah. ages, yeah, and, and I'd be quite nervous about doing that as well. I know that they're they're pretty robust, but yeah. knowing that you're going to be shaking, somewhere. I was doing it half assed as well because I had a nuke with the queen excluder, and I was shaking a full size high through it. Yeah, <laughs> so, so yeah, because I, I needed to find this queen, I didn't have. But I've got a um, shaker box, which is um, a old brew box with a queen excluder nailed to it. Mm. And then this is a Mike Palmer thing, and then you put duct tape around the top, silver stuff, because bees don't like duct tape. They climb up to it, they go, ooh, and climb back down again. I didn't know that. That's, so, that's a new one on me. So you can shake, you can shake it entire. He, he uses it to put nurse bees into hives to graft into, because he, he, his technique, he just makes these massively strong hives. So he, he basically gets two hives well, gets one hive, puts a brew box on top of it, fills that brew box with capped comb, so he gets like 10, 11 frames of capped comb, waits for all to hatch, then he shakes, then he basically splits the box, put the... And that box has then got 50, 60,000 nurse bees, and then he grafts into that, and he gets these enormous queen cells. Mm. I'm trying that next year, because I've got enough bees to do that with now cool so do you want to talk about Asian Hornet because you, 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 you you're going to pronounce this, this place no I was <laughs> no I'm not um, no I was just talking about it because there have been a lot of alerts recently Slopes. from the National Bee Unit it seemed like we had I don't know we had one or two that were under control and now it's just been 
this kind of continuous message. Apparently they've been a bit weedy, though, the ones they found. They have they? Been strong. And they found, the one in Fowey, they found both. Because the, the, the hornet does like a primary and secondary nest. So she goes away, the queen finds a, a little place to create a little, little nest. And she gets a small population, and once they get to a certain size, she then swarms up to the top of a tree and builds another one. So the one in Fowey, I think they found both of those. Oh, right. Oh, my God. You would kind of think that it wouldn't be too difficult if you know you're going to go in the same tree. Just look further up. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't they think of that? Have they not found the secondary one for all those other names? They're not that lazy, I (laughs) think. So they're doing that. So hopefully they they caught them all, but the amount they're seeing now, you're gonna they're gonna be here soon. Oh God, have I you, really have you got traps don't out? know. I got I put wasp traps out this year because I've got so many. Yeah, I've got, got lots of Euro- wasps. Got loads of European hornets around my hives, but I like watching them. I like watching. Them. I love them; they're beautiful. I like watching them. They're like luminous yellow, mm. and I like watching them wrestling bees. A bit weird. I like watching them wrestling the bees to the ground. It's fascinating. Yeah, that is a drawback about them. I I don't know. I'm dreading. I don't I don't want it here. It's gonna break my heart. To see, to see them taking bees there's a te- from there's midair. A, there's a technique they've been using in France. It's quite well. I think it came from Portugal, but it's quite controversial. But it seems to work. So what they do is they make a essentially an egg custard, and they put uh, an insecticide mm. in it, and then they catch the wasp, the hornet. So they catch the hornet with a those tennis racket. You All can the buy. zappers. Oh zappers. yeah. So they catch the hornet on the zapper, zap it a couple of times, so it's stunned. Paint this sort of custody poison on the back of the hornet. Wait, for, wait for the hornet to kind of come to. It flies home, where all the other hornets eat the poison. And um, people who use it reckon they can. An afternoon's work of catching hornets, like catch and release, wipes out. Because obviously they go back to the nest. Yeah. It's not recommended though, because you're putting insecticide everywhere. But it, it seems like super effective. So it doesn't seem to be a treat, treatment for them, other than just no. strong hives. Mm. I just always think of that presentation we saw at the National Honey Show last year, where they were looking at the um, the, the giant, wasps in the Vietnam. Giant, the giant hornets. Yes, yeah. Huge, monstrous things. And how, oh, it was Apis serrane, wasn't yeah. it? And how um, they... <laughs> cover the entrance to the front of the hive with poo chicken poo chicken poo and how that puts off the like predating wasps um but they they're amazing little bees apis serrana they just looked incredible and they do this like shimmering kind of thing they kind of get together and kind of all <laughs> it's like a mexican wave but yeah they all come yeah, out of the front of the don't hive. they they sit on the front of the hive mm. and then you see this I mean, it's uh, it's the world's one of the world's biggest hornets. This huge thing lands, and then they all shimmer at it. So you see this like silvery thing, uh, and um, the other thing they do, which so the way the Asian hornet works, it kind of hangs out outside the hive, and as, as the bees come in, it kind of traps it, catches it. Um, but Serana is like super. This is the Linford Christie of the bee world. It is so fast. He's oh, yeah, and that's they, right. And, and, yeah. Um, the lady who was presenting the research who was presenting it, she had it on video. And all we could see was little black dots just shooting straight into the hive. They're like, no, no, our bees kind of come in lazily. 
land, land hang out the front for a while. Look around, go, oh, I'm a bit tired, and call off, go in, put your slippers on. These things are straight in. Mm. It's really fast. It's really interesting. I, I mean, I, I don't feel I need to get ready for Asian Horner. I don't feel, I've been trapping and doing all of that. <clears throat> I made the recommended trap. Um, did you? Yeah. I made about 10 of them last oh. year, last year. But they they don't seem to trap anything. Um, Mine didn't either. I, I, I did about three. Mm. And um, tried a few different baits and everything else. I put meat in mine. I did prawn. In your wasp traps? Yeah, yeah. But what kind did you use? Uh, actually, <laughs> I used some... Is it the Sainsbury's or Morrison's? No, no, I used some, <laughs> I, I used some of the beef fat... <clears throat> off the beef I bought from the farm where I keep my bees so it was very holistic but like in what kind of trap was it one of the glass ones or no it's just like one of the little plastic ones with the uh, funnel kind okay. of wasp excluders I put it in there um, and it probably doesn't kill them mm. so you're looking in there and all these wasps you've got like 30, 40 wasps climbing up the side and I'm thinking well I don't want to open it <laughs> no they're not going to be happy I found wasps in my feeders as well I know they were ev- they were everywhere this year yeah so my poor bees that had had a really rubbish summer then got attacked by wasps, got my robbing screens out. That worked to a degree. But I'd be opening the hives to give them happy guard or something and because um, I don't really open them at this time of year. I just, you know, go in, I don't know, every few weeks just to check yeah. what's happening, um, check there aren't any late super sieges, which drive me crazy, but there aren't any this year. Um, I had one. I've got to check oh, did that you? One. Well, it's, well, it's bringing in pollen, but I've come, I've come to learn that bees bringing in pollen doesn't actually mean anything because that's what bees do. Because bees bring in pollen. Yeah. It doesn't mean there's there's so much you can it. do, really. If there's, I mean, well, I'm just going to unite it with one of the other nukes. That's what mm. I can do. But some, mm. This time of year, though, you see super sieger cells. Quite often, I've, I've found they tear them down. You see, yes. you see, you think, oh, well, I better leave it. I don't want to knock it, knock it down, and then you come back and it's eaten through the side. That's a clever colony that does that. Someone was saying to me that on super seizure, that actually the the queen comes out of the side rather than the bottom. I don't know if I mean you hear so many stories. I can't imagine that happening. But someone, I think about a week ago, someone told me this. I don't mind no. super seizures because if the queen doesn't mate, the old queen's still there. They don't swarm. The worst that's going to happen, you, 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 the, the new queen doesn't make it and the old one's still there. So I think it's kind of... I don't freak out if I see a super seizure cell this time of year. Mm. I mean, what can you do? The only thing you can do is unite them if they... I mean, I, I had one where I thought the old queen was gone um, and this, the, there was a young one who'd gone out on a mating flight, come back, missed the entrance to the hive, and there was a big, massive cluster under the floor where she'd obviously gone in there. So seeing that, I assumed the old queen was gone um, and had to collect that and treat it as though it was a swarm, collect it like a swarm, reunite it with its own hive. Um, but then I looked last week and there's the old queen... And I knew, I know there was a, a virgin in that swarm because I saw her. Um, and yeah, but there's the old queen there. So I, th- I wonder if that's a perfect super seizure 
which I've never had before. Mine are usually a mess <laughs> and I have to reunite and, and do stuff. But I think it might be a, a perfect. We'll see. Anyway, they've got a queen there. So what can I do? I'm not going to mess around with them. I see wood pecking on my apron now, so I'm going to put the uh, chicken wire around. I don't normally do that. I've never done that. Never had a problem. Is now, it, now is it the right type of woodpecker? I don't know. <coughs> I had a big beak. Is it green? Or black and red? Oh, I don't know. The black and red ones are meant to be fine. It's the green ones that are a problem. It's the green ones. Is it? And when they fly, they fly like this. In loops. Yeah. For everyone yeah. that can't see that. Hmm? <laughs> For everyone that can't see that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Go on. <laughs> Imagine that you're at a concert and you've got someone with a bat on. <laughs> yeah. Conducting in two four time <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, that's it. They fly in swoops, don't they? Right. Yeah. Whereas the black and red ones apparently fly like normal birds. <laughs> they just fly. Um, but that that if you're not sure if it's a if you're not sure what the bird is and you see it doing that, it really struck me the first time I saw them because I remember being on a walk with, and we saw a, um, a green woodpecker and I'd never seen a woodpecker before. And I was slightly disappointed because it didn't look as exotic as I thought it would. Um, but then it flew off and I just thought, wow, that is so obvious. And I turned up to my apiary. I'd never seen them before and I went up one winter day this year and there were two sitting on the roofs of the hives obviously working obviously about to work it out and have a peck so yes i went and put my my net on there and whatever how do you um, how do you overwinter your hives then how do i overwinter what's your overwinter, <coughs> what's your overwinter setup well i'm using a new one this year <laughs> it's funny you should ask um i am i'm overwintering quite a lot of them in polynukes with extensions so i've got i've got a hive up there which hasn't come through very strongly no surprise when you consider the nectar situation and um so it's it's too in my opinion it's too small it's only about half or three quarters of a, of a jumbo brood box so i have put those frames into a newt with extension because i think that will keep them warmer and the, the, all the stores will be just right above their heads. So I, I, I think isolation starvation is less likely. You know, that's quite a big square box. I know it's not square, but, or is it? It is square. Um, it's quite a big square box for a smaller cluster. There's lots of places they could become disconnected from food. So I'm doing that. And then the rest of them are all getting overwintered in poly hives. So you're back on poly. I'm back on Polly because I want to have all my cedars in my honey shack <laughs> um, <laughs> so I can clean them and paint them over winter so I can be ready for spring next year. So you're going to be up there with cold winter nights? Well, it's not going to be cold, is it? I know, you've got a heater. I've got that heater. <laughs> you need to insulate those walls, though, because it's going to be cold. Mm, okay. Buy that um, tinfoil sheet and stuff I've got for... Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, they offered to, when they built it, to put the insulation in, and I said no. Why? I don't know. So, no, I'm going to be cold, because I'm, I'm Australian. Oh. I never moan about being cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> so, what, what's your winter setup? Um, I'm, I'm on I'm on cedar um, boxes, and uh, so I and I also put the uh, the netting around the the chicken wire mesh. Um, but it's batting down the hatches, to be honest, yeah. as much as possible. Um, it's not too exposed um, out of the apiary. So I did, did I put on? when there were a couple of big storms and predicted, I did pop yeah. up and, and, and put some um, uh, car ratchet straps on, which I bought there, especially for that, and just kind of tried to keep everything together so that even if it does blow over, it's... Wooden hides are together. heavy, though, aren't they? Yeah, they're heavy. And I've got uh, a couple of kind of um, bricks on top. Mm. I can't understand why that actually works, but um, I'm not worried about these quite heavy lids, uh, roofs mm. coming off. Um, but I've still got the bricks on because that's what everyone else seems to do. So I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> it, it kind of distracts from the aesthetic, but there we go. Um, and then and then pray that uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they survive. Sacrifice I, a goat. <clears throat> yeah, something like that. Um, yes. Turn around three times, top sit around. Uh, and then I just, I would check reasonably regularly, pop up. Obviously, I've got one in the garden, which is easy to check. Um, but then um, the ones at the out apiary, it's, it's kind of a, just go up regularly and, and check that everything's fine. And uh, then do, I did a trickle treatment in the winter okay. last year just to have a look and make sure everyone's fine and do a bit of hefting. Oh, I'm rubbish at hefting. You're a man after my own heart. Oh. My favourite thing, I started hefting. Hefting's great, Paul. You heart hefting. You know it is. I have to get you I heart hefting badge. Because T-shirt's too expensive. What? And I'm I'm mean. (laughs) So what I do is I take the floors out, inspection trays, uh, and I slap a block of fondant over the ground board because I'm paranoid. Even though they've got lots of stores, I'm just paranoid they'll run out of food. (laughs) And I've got a winter fondant, which is mixed with a little bit of pollen. Do you make that, that yourself or do no. you? No. That's candy know. pollen, is it? No, I bought no. it from uh, b-equipment.co.uk. Is it orange? No, it's like a brownie. No, pollen. It looks like a pollen patty, but it's bigger. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I bought loads of them on the sale. Oh, in the sale. I was going to say they're not cheap. Though, I'm, a, I'm, a sucker, I'm a sucker for pollen patties on the sale. Did you see that there's a sale on nukes at the moment? Pollen I know, nukes. I've done that. Have you? Yeah. Oh, I, supers. I bought eight supers. Did you? It well comes done. to pay and deliver them. Yeah, I was going to say it, it depends on the supplier. I, I, you, I'm with a different supplier that oh. isn't on the sale yet. Oh, okay. Mm. So I, I, someone offered me um, a, a different supplier because the shape's different, and I'm like, well, you can I'm, say the name. Okay, You're not sponsored by anybody. Really not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Door is open. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I'm I'm on the Maysmore, um Nukes, so they're a little bit narrower, and use a, a, a Miller feeder on top rather yeah. than the Payne's one, which has the feeder inbuilt and yeah. on the side. So I also have extensions and, and supers for the nukes and um, poly nukes. So I'm thinking, I don't want to mix and match. No, a bit like you wouldn't have, say, Langstroth hives and yeah and uh nationals um well you can, but then you you can't interchange in bits and pieces. I'm thinking, yeah. well, I don't want to start going down a different route with a, a different yeah. setup and I'd rather stick to the same one. Yeah, that feeder is useless. I don't know anyone who... The internal on the, feeder. The Payne's nukes. Yeah. They use them. When you get when you buy a nuke from Payne's, they're used. They do. I mean, I've never, I've never had any success using them. I mean, in my 
experience. Bees get stuck down there. Um, they drown in the syrup. It becomes just a horrible yeah. lake of death, <laughs> dead bees. I like the I like that they're wider. They just seem more stable. I've got mm. the amazing more ones as well. Yeah, you've got. They're all, they're all perfectly good. I mean, I've got four types of polynuke, which is a bit embarrassing, but um, they're all great. I love polynuke, mm. but I, I like the, I like the pains ones because they're wider and they just feel more. Yeah, you get, you get a big tap, a tall tower. They just feel more stable. And the other thing you do is cut the feeder out and turn them into eight frames. Yes, I know. I know. Ooh. I'm going to have to try that next year. There you go. I'd You'd like that with your with your wood. Well, I was going to say woodworking skills, but. Yeah, my, there's a video on YouTube to do it. They basically cut the, the sidewall out mm. and you fill it with polyfiller and then you put a little runner across and you've got an eight frame uke. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to try you, that. You kind of got, it's, it's a, it's like a, almost it's, a full size hive. Well, yeah, so go for a hive. <laughs> <laughs> it's less faff. And um, the, obviously, poly hives aren't nearly as expensive as the wooden ones. They're great. Yeah, but it's, 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 a, it's just about hive. I, as, yeah, I don't know. They weigh nothing, easy to clean. Mm. Super warm. Super cool. I love poly hives. Oh, I don't know, like the hives, like the nukes. I don't really like poly hives at all. I, I don't like poly hives, but I lo- um, their usability for me is it's just all a bit stiff and clunky. You've got loads of them. I have got loads of them, but see, that's why I'm using them for winter because, you know, I think the insulation must be better than cedar i mean is that is that stupid no no. okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna use them get them all out get my cedars in i love my cedar hives Mm. um and i think they're great for for summering (laughs) summer (laughs) my bees have got a summer palace and a winter palace well it's more of a work camp isn't it let's be honest (laughs) yeah that is pretty much it and you're actually putting up a wire fence now it does feel like a, a work camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I used to call the Apri. I used to call it a camp cart. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> she was commandant. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but so I'll, I'll overwinter in polynukes plus extensions, not on all highs, but on lots of them, strapped, wrapped with chicken whatever chicken mm. wire um so yeah that's kind of it for, i mean i'm kind of really i'm there the only thing i need to do is take out the apivar in a couple of weeks time and then it will have had 10 weeks so i did the whole 10 week kind of cycle wow that's a long time i did it I is. haven't used apivar you can yeah you can do a six week or a ten. so i thought well i'll do 10 week but um you know, I, I was worried that they wouldn't have enough stores just because they had nothing, you know, after summer. But using my hefting skills, they they were li- they were really light and two weeks later they've they're yeah. good, you know. I mean, I mean it's still warm, is it? It was sixteen mm. last weekend. Yeah. Last week. It was sixteen degrees. The activity around the front of the hives yeah. has been immense this last week. It's been yes. it's been lovely to watch, but it's, it's kind of you are out there and it's you're sunny. You're making the most of what's left. Sunny's what's the rain? That ivy's going to just the ivy flow is going to be massive. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I am slightly worried on that because I, I, this winter, because I had no stores and I didn't really last year. I, I wintered on a, a brood and a half, and I'm on jumbos anyway. So that was ample and wow. plenty. Um, this year was like, well also. I don't want, I want to keep my 
frames clean i don't my, my honey they frames, get so dirty don't, I don't they don't want brood in there mm. and i was like actually a jumbo is plenty enough space yeah, yeah. and they've been stored they've, everything they've been taking what little they've taken this summer they've been putting into the into their brood box and um so i am slightly worried with the amount of ivy looking at the ivy as, as walking down the street it there looks like there are thousands and thousands of, uh, of flowers that are, are going to be giving off this lovely pollen and nectar. They're going to have to store it somewhere. And I know that yeah. you had an issue where you've got honey blocks. Yeah, honey bound. Honey bound. Yeah, and they I'm were like, like honey blocks. Yeah, they were. Yeah. yeah, every every hive was like a cube of ivy honey. Yeah. Which is, again, it's will that come out? Will they use it? And or have you just really? got clogged up massive fourteen by twelve frames that you can't so even spin out? Beginning of the year when we expected your hives when you were on one leg, <laughs> hop along, Carter. What a year it's been! How is your leg? It's all right. Could be better, but it's working now. Yeah, enough for me to be able to go out with my best mate and <laughs> don't, don't have a night it. on the tiles. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't do it again. Um, but we, we when we inspected your hives then you had hives that were 10 frames of absolutely honey. did you take any of those out or did you just let them go on with it I, I took them out and I threw them away I mean you know I ivy is a real problem and I've done things like restricting the brood space so they don't fill it all with ivy but I guess I guess the thing that I've learned is you've got to give them somewhere to put it because they will put it somewhere. And if you don't want to completely congest the brood nest, you've got to give them a super. And I hate doing that. And I, I have done that for my hives. You've given them a super this year? Yeah. When you for say, the ivy. I mean, mm. I'm wondering if it's too late now. To, to it's, it's late. I, but you were on. telling me that someone, you know, puts an empty super on and lets them build. That was Liz. Liz. Liz told Liz. me that. Yeah. Oh, and then just destroy that. Just cut it out. Mm. So just let them go wild, bringing in the ivy, but um, make sure that they have to draw a comb with it because that will keep them really busy. It'll take up a lot of the incoming nectar. I was tempted to put foundation in, on a a super just full of foundation, Mm. in the hope that they will then use most of that to build Mm. comb. Could you do foundation-less? See, I think they won't. They won't draw foundation Not at this now. time of year. And but if it's the same as drawing wild comb, surely. Yes, I don't know the difference. I mean, I don't know why it's different, um, but I, I don't think they'll draw foundation. And I think what they do is they just shove it everywhere in the brood nest. And I had a situation. Well, it, they were honey bound, and I had a situation where it was so bad. I went into my hives. When was this? A couple of years ago. And there was no brood and I couldn't see the queen and there were lots of bees, but I just thought, and there's nothing I can do. This was in probably October. And then the next spring they'd eaten some and it had made space for her to start laying again. I think they're smart enough to uh, Mm. eat it. I think they're greedy. Especially if we get um, a slightly warmer sort of winter. Yeah. they'll, They'll scoff it. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I used to give them a super, I'd let them fill it with ivy and I'd put it under the brood over winter. Um, and they would always clear, clean out the super if I put it under yeah, the brood. Yeah. I find that as well, because I keep mine on double brood mm. and every spring the bottom box is just bone dry. They clean mm. out whatever is in that box is always clean. So if oh, you put so. um, 
any comb I want to get rid of, I always make sure it's on the bottom because then it's empty and I just throw it in the wax extractor. And this is the thing about polyhives, you can't do that on a polyhive because the brood box has to be on the floor. If you try to get a super, you know know what I mean? It's got that kind of strange... It's got a groove. Yeah, it's it's got a groove that has to click together. Um, So I find that really annoying that I can't do that. But, yeah, I decided to give them somewhere to put it Mm. because they will bring it back. I know. They will do it. I've been losing sleep over this. Don't lose sleep. <laughs> no, just lose my bees. You won't lose your bees. No, you won't. Not the tree, at all. They're fed. They'll be fine. So where else you got on your list? Um, no, that was actually... <laughs> this says, to try, eight-frame nuke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try be cu- yeah, cutting one up over winter. Honey, honey shack. <laughs> yeah. Your, your my hacksaw. <laughs> See, I'm learning. I'm writing it down. Cool. No, I think I think because uh, I'm looking at time here, so I think we we had a good chat. Thank yeah. You, thank you for coming, John. Yes, oh, thanks thank for you. having me here. So, um, oh, Tracy waving at me now. That's that's the secret signal to do. Uh, the no, end of show now. No, that was the signal telling saying you tell me what you want me to do. No. No, it's fine. You did the introduction. Okay. We're rubbish at the introduction. <laughs> I think it was better today, except you started laughing at me. <laughs> anyway, so thank you everyone for listening. You can come to our website, it's thebeehivejive.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at thebeehivejive. Uh, if you've got any suggestions how to make our introduction better, please send them on. We're desperate. <laughs> anyway, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> We've got to make that better. It's so bad. That's really bad. Oh... t-shirts for the honey show this year no no but i want to i think those mock-ups that paul did were brilliant i can't understand why you've never actually brought me one paul (laughs)